It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice we do it twice. This is episode number two for the week where we get through the last eight games on the week 17 slate. And there's a bunch of good ones. And by we, I mean me, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Obviously, you can follow at Ross Tucker Pod. That's when you know all the shows, when they've been posted, the whole deal. The star of the show is Joe Doe. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. Big fan of his. Already have, what, three or four clips I'm going to make Jack cut up for social media. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, at FG underscore Dolan. From awesome things that Joe said in episode one about Joe Flacco's director's cut. Tony Pollard, biggest bust. Justin Fields comparing him to Zach Wilson and Justin Herbert in the same sentence. That's why Joe's the man. Fantasypoints.com is where you can get him when he's not on this show. Just use the code 23FEAST for the outstanding content. Speaking of outstanding content, Joe, how about watching the L.A. Rams play offensive football right now and the production they're getting from fifth-round picks on rookie contracts making the league minimum like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams? Yeah, so uh, here is a... Their offense has been fantastic. Basically, every metric you can get to when Stafford, Nakua, Cup, and Kyron Williams are all on the field together, they are tops in the NFL in offense. So this is a legitimate offense. And quite frankly, Ross, I think any given week, they could beat any team in the NFL. That doesn't mean I think they're going to run to the Super Bowl. I just think any given – I would not want to see this team – if I'm the 49ers and we'll see them in week 18 if, if the Niners have to play anybody – we're, I think the Niners don't want to see them. I don't think the Eagles want to see them. I don't think the Cowboys want to see them. I don't think the Lions want to see them in the playoffs. This is a team that I think could beat anybody. And from a fantasy perspective, I think you just start everybody. I, I'm not sitting any of these guys right now. I know this past week it was Nakua who had the big game and not Cup. Um, but Kyron Williams ran for over 100 yards yet again. He's gone for, in his five games since he came back from injury, he's gone over 100 yards from scrimmage in all of them uh, and and has run for over 100 yards in four of those five. So Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, you start them all. I think Stafford is a f- fantastic start this week against the Giants defense. And quite frankly, I think if you need a third receiver, Demarcus Robinson of all people, is somebody who's come on of late, kind of taken over in that role for for Tutu Atwell. Demarcus Robinson has scored in four straight games. He's also caught multiple passes in six straight games. So Demarcus Robinson is someone who has come on this year and has been a meaningful part of their offense, and he's helped take them to the next level. This offense is legitimate right now. Would not want to play this team in the playoffs at all. The Giants are on the other side. As of when we're recording this, Wednesday morning, this is episode two, so we drop it Thursday after midnight, but we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, Joe. Could be Tyrod Taylor, could be Tommy DeVito. Does it make a difference to you? Uh, Not really. I mean, if Tyrod was out there running around against the Eagles, uh, obviously he had the deep throw to Darius Slayton where the Eagles' safety took a terrible route um, and gave up the long touchdown. 
it's really Saquon and Waller uh, for me on, on this Giants team. And Waller, to me, was disappointing, catching just two passes against an Eagles team that has struggled to defend the middle of the field all season. It's a good point. Um, and he made some nice – those catches were both nice, but they should have had a bunch more. What about, speaking of the Eagles, mm-hmm. they got everybody going, Joe, against the Giants. I mean, look at the numbers for Hurts, DeAndre Swift, Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae <laughs> Smith. I mean, maybe A.J. Brown didn't have a huge game, but they all had pretty nice days. Yeah, um, I, think, I, I think they're still frustrated with their offense. First and foremost, let me just throw a, a macro thing out there that's important to me. I don't know what you saw from that game, Ross, but in my personal opinion, I was a couple of whiskeys and a couple of bat blue lights deep uh, uh, on Christmas afternoon, but I thought Jalen Hurts looked as good physically as he has all year in that game. Like, he looked like he had an extra burst. Um, he looked like he that he could make yards after contact. He wasn't going down as easy. I don't know what you saw. Did, do you agree with that, though? Yeah, I thought it was his best game, period, in a yeah. while. In a lot of different ways. And I thought Brian Johnson called a good game. But yeah, I mean, th- that's the best Hurts has played in a while. Yeah, and but the thing with this Eagles team is like every mistake is just like the worst mistake at the worst possible time. Dallas Goddard falls down uh, on Jalen Hurts' interception. That that ball was out, by the way, before Dallas Goddard fell down. So I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna put that interception on Jalen Hurts. But here's what I think they're gonna do in this game. Because Arizona has been the worst run defense in the NFL all season. Um, the Eagles, by the way, had 153 non-scramble, non-scramble, so designed run rush yards against the Giants last week. That was their most since week three. Hertz looked great physically. DeAndre Swift had 20 carries in that game, looked fantastic. I think the Eagles are going to run all over the Cardinals. And, and now, I, I think they might want to get A.J. Brown going. I know he's been a little frustrated, but I think DeAndre Swift's a top five running back option this week for fantasy football. I think they're going to run the ball down their throats. That's what I think. Well, the Bears were able to do that pretty effectively against the Cardinals this past Sunday. What about the Cardinals offensively, Joe? James Conner? McBride? I was really disappointed in Trey McBride's game. I mean, he caught six passes, but for just 31 yards. Um, James Conner, I think the Eagles' run defense has struggled of late, as we've highlighted on this podcast. I I talked about it last week. I think you play James Conner. and I think Trey McBride, you have to go back to that well against an Eagles defense that has struggled to defend the middle of the field. They've done a slightly better job of that, though. Um, and I, th- it, this doesn't matter uh, for the Cardinals because, you know, Hollywood Brown's injured and they don't really have perimeter-wide receivers. But I actually think the rookie corner for the Eagles, Keely Ringo, has come in and has played some good snaps. I think uh, he he's shown that he belongs on that back end, which is probably more of a more of a – uh, something we should keep in mind for the playoffs as opposed to this game. And certainly for long-term for the Eagles, for sure, with them having two older corners. Let's talk Saints and Bucks. Joe, huge game for the Bucks. They can clinch the NFC South with a win, and they've been on a roll. Baker and the boys have been on a roll for a while now, Joe. Rashad White, and here's the thing with Rashad White. He averages under two yards a carry against the the Jaguars, and it doesn't matter because he got 27 opportunities, and he also caught six passes in that game. You obviously play Rashad White every week. Chris Godwin is coming on uh, a little bit here. Mike Evans has been fantastic. We know Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore have, uh, have had their battles 
uh, in the past it, it, with with this, but obviously Lattimore has had some injury problems this year. But um, when it comes to the Buccaneers, I think you play your guys, and I and got to be honest with you, Ross. I think Baker Mayfield's a viable streamer this week, uh, and Baker. Maybe that's not as controversial as maybe it would have sounded a few weeks ago. I think Baker's had a fantastic season so far, and I think Baker's has earned the right to start for an NFL team next year. Um, he's been up and down at times, but he's thrown eight touchdowns to no interceptions in their last three games, all of which were victories. So Baker Mayfield against this Saint defense that just got carved up by the Rams, I think Baker Mayfield a viable and, and, and potentially good streamer this week against Tampa Bay. Excuse me, against New Orleans. What about the Saints on offense, Joe? That was pretty disappointing last Thursday night against the Rams. Uh, so, I mean, the thing is, Derek Carr, with that fourth quarter with them getting blown out, put up 319-3. and three. Rashid Shaheed obviously caught the touchdown early. And then Juwan Johnson and A.T. Perry get in the box late. For the Saints right now, um, Kamara has been a huge disappointment of late. They can't run the football. He's still one of those guys I feel like you've got to play just because of his role. Um, Shahid, I think, is a viable wide receiver three uh, in this matchup against Tampa, which has some secondary issues. And Alave is a slam dunk wide receiver one. You can play Derek Carr if you need him. I just think there's better options this week. Um, I, I'm This same offense all year has has been less than the sum of its parts, in my opinion. Let's talk Niners and Commanders. I'm assuming mm -hmm. that Brock Purdy and Trent Williams will play um, in this game, Joe. And they were moving the ball with the exception of those those Purdy interceptions. Is like they still put up decent yeah. yardage. I mean, they move the ball every week. And and what I think is going to happen here is. Let's assume Purdy plays. Again, we record this on Wednesday, so we don't know if Brock Purdy practiced or what his status is. But let's presume Brock Purdy plays. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to come out in this game. And I think Kyle Shanahan is going to dial up the thousand different easy throws that he has in his playbook for Brock Purdy. And he's going to try to get Brock Purdy's confidence back up. If Brock Purdy's confidence is even waning, it might not be. He just had a bad game. I think they're going to throw the ball all over the field against this team, this commander's team, all over. Uh, I think they're going to, they're not going, they're, nobody, the commanders cannot stop this 49er offense unless Purdy's turning the ball over again. He was still averaging, by the way, like eight yards per attempt. He just threw four interceptions. I think Purdy is going to blow up in this game if Purdy goes. And if Sam Darnold goes in this game, I think Sam Darnold's going to blow up because I don't think the commanders can stop anybody right now. They, Look what Brees Hall did to the Commanders last week. Brees Hall had 20 carries and two touchdowns rushing, and he had 12 catches for 96 yards. What do you think Christian McCaffrey is going to do to this defense? <laughs> That's what Brees Hall just did. The Niners are going to blow that, their doors off. Yes, did, did, did they show some kinks in the armor? Absolutely. They certainly showed some kinks in the armor. Washington... Um, you know, if you if you pressure Brock Purdy, you force him into mistakes. You know, that's the name of the game for pretty much every quarterback in the NFL. Pressure him, force him into mistakes. Simple game when it works out that way. But that Washington cannot stop them. The Niners are going to absolutely house them in this game. As of when we're recording this Wednesday morning, Joe, we still don't know who the quarterback will be for the Commanders. It does appear to make a big difference. And yes. 
Sam Howell's done what I didn't think he could do. He's gone from probably being the clear-cut starter next year to really throwing that away these last couple games. That's why these games are not meaningless. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, on this podcast like a month ago, I was saying, oh, Washington certainly has more bigger needs than the quarterback. And then, you know, I wonder if they almost put too much on his plate. They weren't running the ball, and Sam Howell's dropping back 40 times a game, and now his confidence appears to be completely shot. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them, but if, it, if it's Sam Howell, I don't know how you play anybody on this offense right now. Against, against a pissed-off Niner defense, this is a terrible spot for Sam Howell if he's back out there starting. Um, we don't know the status of Brian Robinson. Chris Rodriguez picked up an injury. He scored two touchdowns, but picked up an injury late in that game against uh, the Jets last week. So, quite frankly, right now, Ross, I don't, I can't speak with any confidence on Washington whatsoever. Um, I, I just know that if Sam Howell's the quarterback, it's going to be a long day, and it'll probably be a long day if Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback as well. Joe, in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens, where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. You know how I feel, Joe. One of the best ways to close deals in sales, take them out. Take them out to dinner. Take them out for drinks and have some Labatt Blue Lights with your clients, hopeful clients, potential customers, Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Let's talk Steelers against the Seahawks. Interesting game, Joe, for both these teams. You know, you every Kenny Pickett stat sounds more ridiculous than the last, but this one is 100. This is 100% true. Mason Rudolph who you might not have even known was still on the roster before last week, has as many touchdown passes as Kenny Pickett since the start of October. Two. That's a 100% true statement, by the way. Uh, it's it's staggering to me how bad this offense was with Kenny Pickett. It's staggering to me how bad this offense was uh, with Mitchell Trubisky and look Mason Rudolph just act, just actually playing a competent game was more than enough for me to just to just say all right this offense is just simply better I like that, that here's another Kenny Pickett stat that's mind-blowing not only does Mason Rudolph have as many touchdown passes as Kenny Pickett this year uh since the start of October so does Derrick Henry, huh. two, since the start of October. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense just looks better with Mason Rudolph. Now, I'm not going to come out here and tell you that Kenny Pickett is going to, that uh, Mason Rudolph is going to all of a sudden quarterback the Steelers to an NFC, uh, to, a, to a, a playoff win. I'm not, all I'm saying is that Mason Rudolph did something that no Steeler quarterback has done all year, look good. George Pickens goes for 195 and two scores. Deontay Johnson, by the way, 
Uh, Mason Rudolph missed him on what should have been a long touchdown. So if you have a little bit more confidence in these receivers with Mason Rudolph, I don't blame you. Najee Harris ran hard. He ran angry. I think both he and Jalen Warren are RB2s this week uh, in this matchup against Seattle, a defense that does not necessarily scare me. It's just staggering the numbers that you can point to to highlight the incompetence of what Kenny Pickett and and um, Mitchell Trubisky had done earlier this season. What about the Seahawks, Joe? It hasn't they haven't been lighting it up, but they've been getting it done late. You know, Joey Porter Jr., the uh the rookie corner for Pittsburgh has had an outstanding year. Um they actually how many rookie corners, Ross, in your time doing this? Now, teams don't really shadow as much anymore, you know, teams play more zone, but how many rookie corners in your time doing this can you remember? A, a, a defensive coordinator trusting to shadow a top receiver every week. None come to the top of my head. Joey Porter is one that the Steelers trust to shadow. He got beaten last week by T. Higgins. It's going to happen. And if they have him shadow DK Metcalf, it's not a matchup that's going to scare me away from using DK Metcalf this week. But it just speaks to how awesome um, Joey Porter Jr. has been. But just keep an eye on that. That's going to be a matchup this week. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett are both wide receiver threes. And you can't play Zach Charbonnet. Um, he just doesn't get enough work. Ken Walker was disappointing against the Titans, but the Titans uh, have a good run defense. Um, I think I think Ken Walker uh, is back on the RB2 radar this week as well with Geno Smith back at quarterback. Yeah, that guy's special runner, man. He, he has some impressive, impressive runs. Let's talk Chargers and Broncos because we have to because it's an NFL game. <laughs> That will be played. Chargers actually showed more life than the Broncos did this past week. Yeah, Josh Palmer, um, eight targets. Gerald Everett, eight targets. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the status of Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler looked physically the best he has in a while, in my opinion. If I mean, if you're if you got to this point with Austin Eckler on your fantasy team, you must be loaded everywhere else because I'm not. Uh, uh, he certainly hasn't been a contributor to your team, but Easton Sticks getting the guys the ball. Um, Quentin Johnston's been disappointment, been a disappointment all year. But other than that, keep an eye on the status of Keenan Allen, and that's going to dictate who we can use against this uh, against this Broncos team. Because I think Josh Palmer is probably going to get shadowed on the perimeter by Patrick Sertan, which is not great news if you have uh, if you have Josh Palmer uh, in your lineup. So uh, unfortunately for for that. Um, we have to keep an eye on the status of Keenan Allen. Um, if you can hear me stammering my way through the Chargers, it's because, uh, well, they're not a terribly interesting team right now. And speaking of uninteresting teams, Ross, the uh, the Denver Broncos. Well, there's some interesting quotes from Peyton recently about the Broncos' offense. You know, everybody's feeling better about them. They were feeling pretty good about the Broncos. They got shellacked by the Lions, and then to lose at home to the Patriots. That is a brutal, mm -hmm. brutal loss. I mean, they would have been right there, Joe, with all those other eight and seven teams. Instead, they lose at home to Bailey Zappi and the Patriots. Talk to me about the Broncos offense and your favorite guy, Jerry Judy. Uh, Jerry Judy has three catches for 44 yards. Jerry Aguilar, three catches for 44 yards, despite Cortland Sutton going down three plays into that game with a concussion. Um that's the status you watch, Cortland Sutton. I, I mean, Javante Williams, I said last week he might get 20 carries and score a touchdown, but they're not going to go anywhere. Well, they were playing from behind, so they couldn't uh, uh, So they couldn't go anywhere. Um, he had 11 carries for 24 yards. I mean, right now, 
I don't want any Denver Broncos in my lineup. And maybe Cortland Sutton if he goes in this game. But the Charger defense, not a great defense. Maybe Javante Williams can get 15 carries in this game. But this is not a, a, a team that I want to be trusting in my fantasy championship. I mean, it's, it's brutal. Uh, they've gone as far as they can here. I'm curious to see whether or not Russell Wilson will be their quarterback next year. No, he won't. i got to figure out what all the financial stuff is there because I'm sure that's a, a major, major element of it. Speaking of major elements, man, th this game is not what we thought it would be when they signed up for Week 17. I think the NFL probably thought, Joe, it would be a battle for the number one seed yeah. between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. It is certainly not that. Yeah, and instead people are going to be tuning in to see uh, if the Chiefs can lose a game where the opposing quarterback doesn't complete a pass after what happened to the Raiders last week. Uh, I mean, unbelievable. Aiden O'Connell was atrocious in that game. He couldn't put the ball anywhere near his receivers, and it didn't matter because the Chiefs kept shooting themselves in the foot. Now, let's start with the Chiefs, okay? Pacheco, concussion. Jarek McKinnon on IR. If Pacheco can't play... Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably the guy. Yay, he had four carries for six yards. He's had a couple of long catches in recent weeks. So if you need Clyde Edwards-Alaire, there's that. If Pacheco can't play, he's kind of a RB3 flex option. For the Chiefs, you play Rasheed Rice, you play Travis Kelsey, even though neither one of them lit it up against the Raiders last week. And you hope Mahomes doesn't just lose his mind again. It's very clear right now that Mahomes is frustrating, uh, frustrated, but... We have reached the point here where Patrick Mahomes is going up against the defense that just got lit up by Mason Rudolph. And depending on what quarterback you might have behind Patrick Mahomes in your lineup, you could consider benching Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy championship. Now, my guess is if you've gotten to this point with him, you have other players around him who are kind of carrying Patrick Mahomes, and you never made it a priority to get a backup. But you can consider benching Patrick Mahomes this week. Like, I mean, I know Joe Flacco is going up against the Jets, but I'd probably bench Patrick Mahomes for Joe Flacco at this point. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that's where we're at with this, with this Kansas City offense. That is remarkable. What about the Bengals on the other side? So for the Bengals, uh, look, the, the Chiefs just got run all over by, by Zamir White. So I think it's a decent spot for Joe Mixon. And if you're dying for uh, some juice in your flex spot, maybe even Chase Brown uh, behind Joe Mixon. Legereus Sneed is going to shadow T. Higgins if Jamar Chase can't play in this game, which is going to make things difficult on Jake Browning, who just threw three interceptions uh, against, the, uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last but not least, especially from a fantasy perspective, Sunday night football, they did not flex out of it. Mm -hmm. It's the Vikings hosting the Packers. Terrible news for the Vikings on TJ Hawkinson, who had a really nice year, Joe. He had an excellent year, and he's going to struggle to make it back by the start of next year, which is awful because he, he was an elite fantasy tight end. We also, you know, Jordan Addison picked up an ankle injury. Is he going to play in this game? Nick Mullins, I, I mean, you want to talk about a roller coaster. Ross, I, don't, I have to, to imagine in the terms of 400-yard passing games in the NFL, that, that was right up at the top of the worst ever played. I mean... How did he throw for 400 yards in that game? He's got the weakest arm I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. I, he, 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 Hawkinson got hurt, Addison got hurt, and he was trying to kill Justin Jefferson. Uh, 
I he threw for 400 yards, and I don't think he made a good throw all game. Uh, it's it's staggering to me. But Nick Mullins here against this Packers defense, which by the way is awful. They just let Bryce Young throw for over 300 yards. Mullins is going to go out there, and if he if he doesn't turn the ball over on the first series, which is entirely possible, by the way, he could get the quick hook in this game if they start him. Uh, I we we still don't know who's starting at quarterback for them uh, as we record this. But Nick Mullins, look, it's a it's a bad defense, and whoever comes in there, they're going to throw the ball to, to Jefferson, and they're going to throw the ball to, to K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne is on the wide receiver three radar this week if you need him. What about Green Bay on offense, Joe? So Jordan Love has done an unbelievable job with a bunch of no-name receivers. Dontavion Wicks picked up an injury. We obviously don't know the status of Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs with with Dontavion Wicks hurt. Romeo Dobbs steps up. So keep an eye on the status of these wide receivers. Aaron Jones went for over 100 yards rushing in that game. A good sign as you head into your fantasy championship. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. He's the man. Heck, check us out at Ross Tucker Pod or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Good luck this weekend. Happy New Year, everybody. We're talking DFS hardcore starting next week. I think we're done here. I'm stuffed. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 